everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for episode three of season three of Revise and Resubmit. I'm Dr. Kim Bissell, the Southern Progress Endowed Professor in Magazine Journalism and the Associate Dean for Research in the College of Communication and Information Sciences at the University of Alabama. And I'm Dr. Annalisa Bowen, an assistant professor in the Department of Communication Studies, also at the University of Alabama. And we both work in the Institute for Communication and Information Research, or the ICIR, at UA. So today, our guest studies virtual reality and reality reality, <laughs> and maybe some in-betweens there. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it more. I, what, I, what is reality? Um, that sounds strange and I'm confusing myself. Okay. So what is reality? That's the big question. Any ideas, Kim? Such a great question. Uh, thankfully our next guest here is going to have some of the answers, but when I think about avatars and I think about avatars kind of in these virtual worlds that have been created, I think about we, so that definitely dates me, makes me sound (laughs) super old because that's my reference. Um, but we wasn't just about playing a game. It was about creating my avatar in, in effect, creating my identity. And there are a lot of decisions that have to be made here, right? I mean, I wanted to think about should the avatar match how I look exactly with my hair color and my eye color and my body shape? Or did I want to kind of go out there and and create something that was completely different from the way that I physically look, Mm -hmm. the way I physically look? And then what does all that say about me in terms of the way I construct my identity in a virtual world? Mm. So I'm not... I don't, I don't know that I have ever created an avatar. I mean, I, I, there, I think you can do that on, on a phone, um, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. And I have not done that. Um, but it makes me think about who I am and who I want to be and who people think I am. Uh, <laughs> all of are consistent. Yikes. Yikes. Um, Okay, so I'm going to put that little self-reflection on hold for a while and back to our podcast and today's guest. Um, One of the cool things about our guest today is his connection to our previous guest, Dr. Art Rainey. Um, So hint, hint, go back and listen to episode two uh, if you haven't already. But today we are going to be chatting with Dr. Andrew Dunn, an associate professor and chair of the East Tennessee State University Media and Communication Department. We are so thrilled to have Andrew joining us today. So welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. This is a a really cool thing to do. Absolutely. Since you are not currently at the University of Alabama, we would love for you to give us some basic information about who you are and what you do. So we're going to call this our rapid fire section, the get to know you part of the podcast. All right. So first, where are you from and or where did you grow up? Okay, so I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but I grew up in Dothan, Alabama. So I guess about age two, we moved to, to Dothan, uh, the Circle City, uh, home of the home, home of the National Peanut Festival. 
Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, so super, super, uh, super exciting place. No, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. But uh, I, I kind of grew up uh, with one foot on either side of the state line. So uh, um, all my mom's side of the family is from Florida. All my dad's side of the family is from Alabama. And of course, Dothan's like 20 something miles from right. the border. So, so a little, a little bit of, a little bit in both worlds there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've kind of spent a lot of time in both States. You know, I went to, I went to high school, you know, uh, all the way through kindergarten through high school in, in Dothan, um, went to undergrad at Auburn and Montgomery. Um, and then, uh, went to Florida state for, uh, my master's and then came back to Alabama, um, for my PhD, but I, I worked professionally as a reporter in, uh, in, in Florida mostly. Uh, so I was there from, I don't know, uh, 99 to 2007 or so. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I got there, but I've been in Tennessee ever since 2010. So, uh, so it's been a, it's been a, a kind of a long time here in Tennessee. And where specifically are you in Tennessee now? I am at uh, I, I'm at uh, East Tennessee State University in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, most people know uh, the song Wagon Wheel. Yep. Um, and <laughs> yes. they mention they give a shout out to Johnson City. And so that's, uh, you know, uh, that's a fun thing. It's also geographically incorrect because they talk about heading out west from the Cumberland Gap and getting to Johnson City. <laughs> if you head out west from the Cumberland Gap, you do not hit Johnson City. <laughs> Way. Johnson City, Tennessee is east uh, of the Cumberland Gap. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so if you look at if you look at Tennessee and you see that little triangle thing uh, that juts out on Tennessee, we're we're kind of in that triangle space of Tennessee, way on the east side. Thus, East Tennessee State University. I gotcha. And when were you at the University of Alabama? Uh, I so I I left I left Florida. Uh, I left uh, the Ledger, the newspaper I was working for in, in Lakeland, Florida, um, and I left there uh, in 2007 and came to Alabama uh, to uh, to do my PhD. All right. We, as you know, have many questions that we want to ask about what you do and that piece of it. But I've read in uh, many of the bios that I've read about you, you have um, noted. There are bios about me? There Somebody's bios writing bios about you. Fun wow. fact. Yeah. We, do our, we do our research. Um, right. okay. one, one of the bios that we read said that you had attended more than 50 conference, uh, co concerts. And that wow. seems like an absolutely a lot of concerts. What's your favorite? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So that's, that's a true, you know, I go back and forth on this. I got, I, uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of ones that are really memorable for, for different reasons. Um, some are, are really terrible. Uh, you know, the, the <laughs> you know, don't know their minds or drunk as hell or whatever. And they're just not, you know, they're just like, Oh God, this is so bad. Uh, I mean, there have been times when I've seen bands like this is so embarrassing. How how are you putting this out? But the really good ones, um, the, probably the the one that the one that always comes to mind because it's so cool 
because who who would ever think that this would happen? But Bob Dylan, one of one of my favorite artists, uh, I you know I know people give him shit about because he's not like a great singer or whatever. Um, but uh, I think he's perfectly fine in what he does. But uh, he's a great songwriter, right? You can't really argue that. So um, Bob Dylan played my hometown of Dothan, Alabama. If you can imagine, uh, you know, Dothan, Alabama gets Bob Dylan. And uh, it was cool. It was such a great show. Uh, he sounded great. Um, and then there was a moment when the crowd kind of split and we all rushed the stage. Like, I don't know, like we're at a, you know, <laughs> Backstreet Boys concert or something and we all rushed the stage and uh so I'm like right there right you know like right in front of, of Bob Dylan and, and it, it was just a great experience it was, it was a cool thing um never thought I would say that I'd gone to a cool concert in my home, hometown um but um that was cool I went to the vote for change concert uh where um my one of my favorite bands of all time is R.E.M. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Michael Stipe uh, is on the stage. Uh, Spring, I got to see Springsteen, which was super cool um, be- because he, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan. I you know there are kind of fanboys out there for Springsteen. Yeah, I, I like, I like, don't, I don't want Springsteen fans to come go crazy on me. But I, I like Springsteen just fine. But to see the guy actually perform, I was like, wow, that guy, like, I mean, he's like, it's 50s running across the stage and you know jumping on his knees and sliding across the stage i'm like dude i don't even do that and i was way younger at that time so um so it was cool to see the energy but then he and uh michael stipe shared this uh, from rem shared the stage for a little while and that was super cool um tracy chapman was at that show although i got a bone pick with her because she wouldn't let any of the reporters in there um, but I don't, I don't ever do what I'm told. So I snuck in anyway. Um, but I, I was covering it as a, as a reporter. Uh, and there's a long backstory about that. And I, I had some, uh, there was a rebellious streak and I was rabble rousing and because my boss at the time wasn't going to let me go see the concert. Um, anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I ended up covering it for the paper. Um, and Trace Chapman told me, told us that we couldn't go in because we were reporters and I just went in anyway. So, um, all these things are are completely shocking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I know, I know it's hard to believe that people say no and I say, well, uh, we'll see. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, I've seen probably Flog and Molly more than, uh, any other band. Uh, I've seen them a lot. Um, I don't know maybe double digits at this point um i've seen uh i've seen cheesy stuff like i i mean i i saw wayne newton at the at the at at, in in las vegas at uh what is the hotel was it the stardust is one of the ones that's not there anymore like I've seen Wayne Newton in Vegas, right? Um, okay. I, you know, just so I, I've seen. Uh, I, I was with a friend of mine who was in. We were. He was covering a story in Mexico, and uh, I rode along with him. He was covering a, a um, an artist there, a cumbia an artist, a cumbia artist, and uh, so we kind of went on tour with them for a couple of shows. For a show, that was that was kind of crazy. 
So yeah, but uh, I'd have to say the Bob Dylan concert in my hometown, the Boat for Change concert. Um, you know, th- those are two two of the better ones that I that I've ever been to. There are some surprising ones, but I could go on. Uh, you, you just open up Pandora's box. I could go on and on about that. Well, we always like to give our listeners something that's kind of fun to, to learn about each of our guests. So yeah. what we're going to do is shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the scholarship and the research that you've done. Can yeah. you give us an elevator pitch of what that research and scholarship looks like? Yeah, uh, I really suck at doing that. Um, I, I, so I, I to I borrow from. And you knew it was coming. I know, know. It's just like you know, trying to, you know, I don't know. I'm just not very good at it. But uh, so I boil it down to I, I, I like to study identity, um, as it is portrayed through media, right, it, or as one communicates it through media. Um, yeah, because everything's communication and one communicates their identity to others. And uh, I'm really interested in the psychology behind that, the motivations behind that, the expression that people have. Um, you know, you can go to Urban Goffman, you know, presenta- uh, presentation of the self in everyday life. And that's a, that's a great text. Um, but uh, I've, I've been really interested in uh, all facets of, of that idea of how people go about expressing themselves in virtual spaces, in real spaces, but using media. Um, so, so my the, my dissertation that I did at Alabama, uh, I was looking at uh, the avatars people create for themselves when they play video games. Um, and so, uh, I actually work with. Um, uh, uh, professor in psychology, and we're work, we worked on this uh, and used the psychology lab at, uh, at Alabama to do this. Um, but we brought in people, you know, told them, hey, come play this game, and we're going to watch you play this game. Um, and little did they know that what we were actually going to do was take a picture of the avatar they created for themselves and compare it to a picture of the real person. Oh. And that's really the, the basis of uh, some of the research that we did. And, uh, you know, and, and generally speaking, there are, there's been a lot of research on that kind of stuff, particularly at this point now. I mean, that was um, 2009 or 2010 when, you know, I, I finished. Um, and so, uh, so I, did, I did that research. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of debate on, you know, when people go online, are they really expressing them true selves and things like that? And what we find is that, People, generally speaking, uh, express themselves, but it's usually a version of themselves, right? It's, um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, a tweaked, uh, a, a, a gussied up, uh, a, 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 the, the way they, they want to represent, represent themselves to others. So, you know, maybe you choose a character that kind of looks like you, but maybe you give them a little bit of a tanner. Skin, or you get a little bit thinner around the waist or you um and so that that was uh what kicked off some other research uh, another um uh, um student that was working with me at the time in psychology actually riffed on that and did another study based on some of this stuff uh that was uh part of and they, they were looking at things like um you know when you go online and you choose whether your character is good or evil, how does that reflect on you and, and those sort of mm. things. Uh, 
And so I think there's all kinds of facets, and I've always been interested in that in that idea of, you know, this this when when you're given a chance to create the wh- whoever you want to be, right? When you're given that chance to role play, what kind of what kind of role do you take on? Of course, I mean you can go into uh, there. There's lots of research on sex and things like that. You can go into. I'm I'm just curious as to you know when people literally play when they're playing at these roles um what do they choose but then that got me interested in one of my other areas that you know if you read my other bios how many how many ever bios are out there of me um (laughs) i'm I'm a big i'm a big comic book guy right uh i got a lot of comic books i go to a lot of comic cons uh or come i'm sorry i go to a lot of comic book conventions i don't want to get comic con it's a branded label um (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so I, I went to a lot of, uh, I've been to a lot of comic book conventions and I'm fascinated with cosplay. Um, I'm not, I've not really done a lot of cosplay because I'm uh, really uh, lazy, um, but I have a lot of friends with cosplay. And, uh, and so, I mean, they just do these really wildly intricate costumes and things like that. Um, and that's super cool, but it always, I'm always interested in motivation. So I'm always curious why, why do people do what they do? Uh, what do they get out of it? And, and uh, you know, sort of what's up with that. Um, and so uh, I, I did a piece uh, in um, my uh, book that came out uh, and, and did a chapter and, and in the book that, that is, some research I did with a colleague of mine, Andrew Herman, who is also, he's in the comm study sides over here at ETSU. Um, and we did uh, surveys at, at, um, at, at the uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta and the Comic Con in Nashville. Hmm. And uh, we specifically targeted uh, cosplayers and some non-con, you know, we did split cosplayers and non-cosplayers, but we were particularly interested in cosplayers and why they did what they did and, and, and that sort of thing. And what we find is that people that go to conventions oftentimes go for the same reasons that uh, religious people, you know, go on pilgrimages is so that they can be amongst their people and commune with uh, their, their people. And that's why I titled the chapter cheesily uh, Comic-Con communion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, but to me, that's another expression of, of identity, but it's, like everything else it's mediated expression it's mediated communication but it's in a weird way because usually we use the media to express our identity in this case we're actually taking something out of the media to express our identity in the real world mm-hmm. right why are you taking this character and why are you doing it? it's it's interesting um it's it's interesting to me what you're what you're talking about. One of the reasons is because I always have have problems with personality tests, <laughs> and and I think like on those. Wait, am I supposed to be answering with who I want to be or who I actually am? And I get very very confu- confused and concerned about how I'm answering those questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you a question: If you had to come up with a headline for one of your most interesting findings in, in whatever capacity for your research, what would that be? Um, <laughs> says the journalist with a pause. 
I, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, I think it's just that uh, people are, are identity is complex. And mm. media is one of those sparks, one of those things that, that, uh, that, that, that we use to define our identity, to uh, express our identity, uh, to find kindred spirits, uh, to, uh, you know, to rally around with our identity. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and I think, I think that's a cool thing. Like, uh, you know, identity is both communication, um, and, and, and expression, um, but it's also, uh, community and it's, and it's finding that, you know, that group identity, as you guys well know, the research on that, um, and I, to me, that's just that that's what's cool about the research. And I, I'd say uh, what I keep finding is it's very complex. But to the point, I asked this guy, why did you dress up like the spider from Game of Thrones? And he said, because I look like him, because this is not a character one would typically think of to dress up. I mean, he's, you know, a eunuch um, and he's, you know, kind of devious and he's kind of he's kind of a fun character. But he's, you know, so why that character? because I look like him. I like the show, but I happen to look like that guy. And, and that's why this person dressed like that. And, and I, I think that's, you know, just as interesting as someone saying, I really love this character or I think Batman's cool, you know? Mm -hmm. So Andrew, what I've kind of heard you say is um, you've done research with identity, um, looking at things like avatars and the avatars that we select, and, and some of the things that have motivated your research program, if we want to call it that, are things that interest you personally. So when we think about kind of what we do in communication research in general and very, very broadly, um, people hear research and think, oh, it's so boring. Uh, <laughs> But it, you're doing things that you seem to be really interested in. Mm -hmm. So is that what keeps you motivated? Because we all, you know, have times where the minutia is about to break us and it gets difficult to push through. But can you talk a little bit about that balance? Because you seem to have really found a niche area that you're really excited about. So how, how do you stay motivated in those times? you feel like well, you're joking. I think you got to stop listening to um, other people, right? Because um, one, one, one of the things that they tell you, um, and, and, you know, this isn't a knock at Alabama or any other school, um, but one of the things they oftentimes stress to you in grad school is like, you've got to have, uh, you know, a, a research agenda, and it's got to be really easily you know it's got to be the elevator talk and it's got to be really easy to pinpoint is it and you know honestly it doesn't have to be you know just just research what you're interested in research what you think is cool find things that you enjoy and uh and and, and just kind of run with it if, if you're and that that i mean you got to stay curious and as long as you're curious you're always going to find something else to go research i have tons of things on my shelf that i would love to just keep on I don't have time to do them all right. And I got a toddler now, so that's that makes it even more <laughs> difficult. But I, I got tons of things that I would love to just jump into and explore. So how do I do that? Uh, I bring in uh, students, um, my grad students. My grad students come in, they want to do a thesis. And I say, cool, what are you interested in? I always ask that question first. 
I never, I never do the thing. Well, I study this and I study that and I do this and only this, or I only do this kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's just not me. Uh, I always ask the student, what are you interested in? And so student tells me, I'm really interested in this. I'll say, cool, let's figure out a way to study that. And part of my interest in, in research is actually trying to figure out how do we go about studying this? What, what could we do? We, we could break it down here. We could look at this. We could look at that. And uh, I think that keeps me going. Uh, even if I've run out of ideas, I've always got students that have ideas or things that they're interested in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of times it can be very vague. You know, I'll have a study student will come in and say, I'm really interested in, you know, video games. Okay, cool. That's a pretty broad area. So let's narrow that down. What interests you about video games? You know, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, commercials and video games. All right, cool. I like that. Okay. What about commercials interest? You know, and then you got to drill down, drill down, drill down until you really get, and sometimes honestly, students are, are scared to even say what interests them. I don't know why people are like that. Look, if it fascinates you, if it's cur if you're curious about it, then, you know, I can go for it. Just find, find what you're interested in and do it. Right. Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the way I've always taken it. And that's, I, it suited me well so far. Um, you know, I'm look, I'm not getting in, I'm, I'm not getting in the, the tier one journals and things like that. It's just, you know, if that's, if that's your thing, then, you know, you probably want to go talk to somebody else. Uh, that's <laughs> uh, I'm going to research what I want to research. I'm happy with what I do. Um, and, uh, I think every one of my master students that have worked with me, I think all but maybe one have been published somewhere or at very least all of them have gone to, um, uh, have gone to conferences. So, um, so, you know, we're, we've got a pretty good track record and I, and yeah. I enjoy what I do. Um, yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Let me ask about the application of your work I mean ha have you ever I, I don't know exactly how the conventions work but have you ever submitted to like have a panel to share some of your findings or do you I mean you talked about journals um how, how do you get your findings out there in the world well yeah I've done oh god I don't know how many conferences and conventions and things that and and uh I uh, I will say this, I oftentimes will submit to conferences because they're in cool towns I've never been in <laughs> and, um, and, uh, or towns that I have no, no reason I would ever go to with, uh, -huh. uh, I went to central states communication association, uh, a couple of years ago, um, because I'd never been to, uh, Minnesota. And so I submitted some stuff there. Uh, because I had some friends that were going and also because I'd never been. And I said, well, this will be cool. And so I submitted some papers and got it in front of some people. Um, but I also did a panel where I talked about some research that I'd been kicking around. Um, some friends of mine were interested in uh, research on, on um, Joss Whedon, which has been really interesting because that's, uh, you know, that's taken on a whole new uh, arena. Uh, Joss Whedon, being the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and everything, um, you know, had a devoted following, big fandom. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's he's been now caught up in the Me Too uh, um, uh, movement. And and so like that's become a whole different thing. Um, mm -hmm. 
But, you know, we all got together. We did some research. We, we put some things together. We had a good panel. Uh, that same group of people, some of them, uh, we went on, we did a book about beer. Uh, I, and again, one of my other bios might mention that I'm a, a I'm a Belgian beer uh, fanatic. Uh, I had a, I had a, it didn't come up. It didn't come up. Yeah. <laughs> I had a blog for a couple of years where I, I was just trying to um, review every Belgian beer I came across. Um, and so I wrote a chapter in a book on beer and communicating about beer, uh, about my blog that I'd been running for, for a couple of years. And so, you know, it's just stuff like that, right? It's just, um, you know, I find a conference, I find a little niche that somebody wants somebody to come talk about and, and that's what I do. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, seen a, um, friend that had uh, put together something about Ashley Madison, the, the privacy, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, the really big um, cheaters who were on a website. There was a yep. big scandal. Um, and so she was putting something together and I just happened to teach media law and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll write something about that. Sure. And so I did something and then I ended up going to the conference and presenting at that conference. Uh-huh. So if I see something, uh, I, I go for it. And, and if it's in my, if it's in my, you know, arena and, and it's something I'm interested in, I go for it. And that's the best thing I could give. And I, I know you guys like to ask about, well, how do you go about getting published and stuff like that? One of the things I do is I just look for calls for chapters, calls for papers, calls for presentations, particularly if I'm already going to be in that town. And, uh, and, and I, I just submit something and, you know, let's, let's talk, let's chat. I mean, I, I might know a little bit about this and we'll, I'll research more and I'll, I'll talk about it. I feel like if you had a uh, communicating about beer course, <laughs> very, very popular. funny, funny. You should mention that. Uh, okay. Well, that's our next question. What do you <laughs> teach? Because it's like, how do, how do I teach this course on um, beer or take it? Well, we, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a, a new minor that we're kicking around here on, um, on uh, brewing science. And, uh, and so, I'm, I'm, wow. so we have six breweries in Johnson City, by the way, if you ever want to come hang out. It's a, it's, it's a happening place now. Um, not nearly as many as Asheville, which is only about an hour down the road, but, but we have six, which is pretty awesome. All with walking distance of my house, which is dangerous, but fun. Um, but, you know, and we're, and so I'm like, I'm all about like, okay, how can I make a class work on this? Um, but most of my stuff that I teach is, uh, I teach journalism or I did, uh, I haven't really taught journalism in a while. Um, but, uh, I teach, um, mostly, uh, the theory classes, I teach theory class for the undergrads, which is, uh, media and society. I use a Bryant book for that, uh, Jennings Bryant book, uh, mm-hmm. I teach, uh um, theory for the graduate students, another different Bryant book, Jennings Bryant book. um, and, uh, I teach, uh, communication law and I teach, um, uh, uh, law and, and that's for the undergrads communication law and then I teach uh, uh, law and ethics for the graduate students um, and you know I've taught multi I've taught all kinds you can look at my CV I've taught all kinds of classes you know multimedia I've taught uh, journalism reporting I've taught um, 
you know, uh, just, just, you know, whatever anybody wants to throw my way, I'll, I'll teach it. Um, and so that, that causes, I even remember the, the Dean who hired me was like, well, how, why, you know, explain why your research doesn't really match up with your, um, with, with your teaching, you know, you, you don't really teach. Uh, and I say, well, I mean, I do, I, mean, I teach theory, but um, if you're talking about the journalism thing, like journalism was what I did as professional, um, but it wasn't the only thing I was interested in, right? And I, I think that's an, another thing is like, you don't always have to be interested in the thing that you teach just because you're good and can do something mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to research that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, isn't that part of the fun of research is you research things you're interested in and then, you know, you can also be good at something else. And so I don't do a lot of journalism research. It's just mm -hmm not a thing that I've, uh, I've done a lot of because it, not that it's not interesting. It's just, I find some other things a lot more interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think kind of what you're describing for, um, you know, those in communication research in general, but academia, um, you know, that's, it's kind of the, the path that you're describing for many of us. So as a follow-up to, um, teaching these courses that you like um, or have an interest in topic-wise. Um, one of the things, as you know, that we're trying to do with this podcast is, when applicable, talk to people, um, alums, CNIS alums, who might have had some overlap with Dr. Jennings Bryant. So did you have the opportunity to take a class from him? Do you have a, a great oh, yeah. Jennings story that you can share? <laughs> yeah, I had a, I, yeah. So I, I consider Jennings to be sort of my, uh, academic grandfather. Does that, does, okay. Cause mm -hmm. Art Rainey was my, was my chair at uh, Florida state. Hmm. Oh, wow. and, and so, um, and so I'm kicking around the idea of, and, and at Florida state, everybody was, they were all going to the business world. We were doing, you know, very, it was a very uh, hands-on, let's go do some, you know, work for Arthur Anderson and do consulting kind of stuff. And, uh, and that wasn't really me. I always, always had in the back of my mind that I would go on to the, the, uh, the next level. Um, and Rainey was, uh, was my professor there. And so I knew he had been in Alabama. I grew up in Alabama and I knew uh, from AUM where my, uh, my, my professor there, uh, had taught and used some stuff from Alabama and taught me theory there. And then I took theory with Rainey. And of course, you know, the name that keeps coming up anytime you take theory, particularly in our area is Jennings Bryant. And so I knew Jennings was still at Alabama. And so I talked to Rainey about, you know, what do you think about me going to Alabama? And he said, sure. And I'll, you know, I'll write you a letter of recommendation and we'll get you up there. Well, we had an open house uh, for Alabama's, uh, PhD program. And, uh, I have a friend that lives in uh, Alabaster. And so I drove kind of overnight, uh, to get to Alabaster from, uh, middle of Florida, Lakeland, Florida, and, uh, was going to go to the open house the next day. And I, I think Jennings thought I was insane uh, because I told him, you know, I came all this way. <laughs> I'm like, however many, uh, 10 hours, 12 hours, I don't remember how many hours it is, but uh, I came all that way just to go to this open house. And I think he thought I was just insane. So I think he said, I, I guess I got to get you in here because <laughs> it's too crazy not to, to not let in. 
Um, but no, he was, he was really, he was instrumental in getting me a fellowship, uh, which, which uh, I got at Alabama. So my first, my first semester at Alabama, I was taking like five classes. I didn't have, wow. didn't have any, I was just taking classes. So it was, it was nuts. Uh, and then the craziest thing happened. Uh, Jennings was kind of, he was at the end of his career and he had this theory class. Um, and we talked theory all the time. He knew how much I loved theory and how much I loved talking about theory. Um, probably too much because I talk too much anyway, as you guys have noticed. Um, but he, he's like, well, I got this theory class and I'm, uh, I, I'm supposed to teach for the uh, master's students, but I, would you be interested in teaching it? Wow. I said, I said um, can, can we do that? And he said, well, I, I think so. I said, well, listen, I'll do it. Sure. Absolutely. 100%. I'll do it. Um, and so essentially what happened, he came back and he said, well, the Dean said that you can't be the instructor of record. He said, but you're going to teach all the classes and I'm going to be, uh, there. Um, and so <laughs> he was the instructor of record, but I taught all the classes. I did all the grading. I did all of them. <laughs> For uh, that crop of, of master students, um, and so I, I still I, I remember some of their names. I you know and and have kept up with them. Um, I think it was some of those students that were in the Aniston Star uh, uh, oh, uh -huh. connection that we had there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, those guys were the first guys that ever saw me taught, teach a graduate course. And I'm teaching, a, I'm, teaching, I'm teaching Jennings Bryant's book in Jennings Bryant's class at Alabama. And I don't know <laughs> if you can get any more cool than that. I mean, <laughs> cool, cool in a very nerdy sense, right? I mean, not, not cool like my kid's probably not going to get excited about that. But cool... <laughs> uh it was cool it was a cool experience and he was he was so cool about it he was very good about it and while I talk about it being sort of my academic grandfather he really he's everybody's grandfather I mean I, yeah. I remember I mean, yeah. you got this guy who looks like kind of like Uncle Jesse on Dukes of Hazard, and he's just got this <laughs> friendly warm uh nature about him not afraid to say some things that will raise eyebrows, especially when he's talking about pornography. He loved to throw out words that he knew everybody would go get uncomfortable about, which I loved about him. Um, and when I teach pornography, I, I do some of the same things. Um, he's just, he was just a, he was just so full of life. So, so fun to be around. And he's also how I ended up at ETSU. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I got three, I had two job offers and one I was, I was, I'd done one interview and I was, I was, I'd gotten through the grapevine and I was going to get a second interview. Um, but I had to give an, I had to give an answer. And so I, I went to Jennings and I said, Hey, I got these three schools I'm looking at, which one would you pick? And he was like, ETSU for sure. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He said, and, uh, he said, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, they have a medical school there. It's, you know, they, they grant doctor, doctor, it's not in my area, but they grant, you know, it's a good, it was a good school. And it was probably programmatically may, maybe a little um, notch above some of the other ones I was looking at. Um, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and, and I thought about it. And, it, and of course I came up here and it's beautiful up here. It's great. Um, but what I didn't know is that his childhood best friend, Dr. Dan Brown, 
was on faculty here at ETSU. Oh, wow. And so I, and, and so it's kind of funny because I was like, you know, but he, uh, Jennings wrote uh, a letter. I was not number one on their list, apparently, but Jennings wrote them a letter on my behalf that, that I guess kind of resonated and, and, and shot me to the front of the pack. So that's super cool. Yeah. Um, and then what was even crazier than that, it's weird how the circles keep coming back. Even crazier than that, um, after Jennings retired from Alabama, uh, we had this thing called the Jewel Friend uh, uh, Appointee and Lecture Series. And basically where we bring in somebody, a, a well-known uh, figure to come in and, and guest teach for a semester. And Jennings, uh, uh, just, a, just a couple of years after I was here, uh, was, uh, was named that and came and taught for a semester. So here at ETSU, yeah, I got Jennings Bryant right down the hallway teaching. <laughs> so what a weird, what a weird connection, right? What a weird, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, but that's a good story. That, that's yeah. a really good story. I like that. Looms large uh, for me, for sure. I'm sure. So as we wrap up, we want to do that kind of in, in a similar way that we started with a couple rapid fire questions. And right. so first one is I've had a, a, a quick moment to Google um, <laughs> your favorite uh, Johnson City, Tennessee brewery. And you can only pick one. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, uh, the easiest answer. That's Johnson City Brewing company. Um, my, uh, my friend Eric uh, started it. It's the first uh, brewery in Johnson City, um, but that's not why they're my favorite. They're my favorite because they, he is always uh, unafraid to try some crazy things. Uh, he's got some amazing beers, some, some beers that he brews regularly, but he's always doing something different and something like a new style or a new flavor. Um, he's always changing things up. Uh, so yeah, hands down, John City Brewing Company. And my second question is, what is the next uh, academic conference that you're looking forward to attending? That is probably not answerable because I have, as you might have noticed, moved into uh I've, I've, I am now the chair of the Department of Media and Communication for ETSU. Um, and so um, my conference days might be limited for a little while uh, until I figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> until I figure out how I'm, how, what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, my teaching load is a lot smaller now and, and a lot lighter. And, um, and, but my admin duties are a lot more. And so, uh, I have no idea, man. I'm just going to try to get on the, I'm just going to try to get the ground uh, secure under me and then I'll figure it out from there. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the new position. I know Thank it's um, probably equal parts exciting and a little bit maybe overwhelming. And what the heck am I going to do next? And yeah, I, I've been waiting- <laughs> right, right. I just my goal just get to the day and don't get asked to leave. That's that's my goal. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I, and, I keep I keep saying like I don't I I mean you know 
how am I doing, right? Am I, right. <laughs> am I doing okay? I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm probably asking way too many questions, but, you know. I'm, 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 well, Andrew, it has been a true pleasure to um, be able to catch up with you and, and yeah. learn more about all that you've done since you left CNIS and the University of Alabama. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been great. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Bye.